and welcome to the Art of Score podcast. This is the second part of our free agent review, wide receivers and tight ends. I am Ron Brown, accompanied with Tim Brown. Hello, everyone. And Mike Forty. Hello, fantasy football world. So it's uh, March 27th, 2014. Going to talk a little um, free agents, like I said, but first... Subscribe to us on iTunes, search Art of Score, check out our blog, artofscore.wordpress.com. Hit us up on Twitter and Facebook, just search for Art of Score. Check out our new logo, some new things we have on the site. Going to be redesigning the entire site, blog, very soon. Um, content will be coming out throughout the offseason. And we're going to jump right into it. Uh, wide receivers, some a lot of them changing hands, a lot of them still free agents. Um, first one, the biggest one. Eric Decker going to the Jets. Yeah. I mean, I think the surprise with this is not that his production will go down because anywhere that's not, he's not tied to the hip with Peyton Manning was going to, he was going to take a fantasy hit, but that the Jets decided that they were going to enter this game is a little interesting because all this language from New York about them being ground and pound for the last, you know, three or four seasons and getting burned by a big free agent wide receiver acquisition in Holmes a couple of years ago. You think they'd be a little gun shy about going after a guy who might have re- been quarterback dependent new regime, though. You know, it's a new regime and they hate Stephen Hill. Yeah. And Jeremy Curley is their second receiver right now. So. Eric Decker, actually, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't think he's, you know, a number one fantasy receiver right now, but uh I think he's possible number two, depending on who, well, plays who, who else are you going to throw to on that team? Yeah. Well, I mean, right now it's a good football move for them. Absolutely. It, it depends if, if Mike Vick wins the starting quarterback job in the quote unquote competition <laughs> that I don't believe exists, then it could, then it, he could reach a ceiling, uh, you know, an acceptable borderline number one, low borderline number one fantasy uh, status if that happens. But I think we just need to give him time. We don't know. The Jets aren't done. I don't think getting offensive weapons for them. They they realize that they had terrible offensive weapons on on the passing game last year. So we got to give them a little bit of time. It was just surprising to me that they were the ones that kind of jumped out. And yeah, got no, it, it was a little surprising. But you know, having guys on the outside does help your running game. So and Decker blocks. Yeah, he's a big guy. So he's on TV. I don't I don't hate if I'm a Jets fan. I'm encouraged. I like that my team is actually trying. I just. I wonder if the allocation of the funds, you couldn't got a two lesser wide receiver guys while you figure out who your quarterback is long-term because that's going to be the bigger issue. You could have whoever the hell you – Jerry Rice could be out there. He can't throw the ball himself. So, Fair enough. Well, like you said, Decker, I think if Vic wins, I think he is definitely – I think he's a low-tier wide receiver one if Vic wins. If Geno's there, he's a two all day long. Maybe a three. Yeah. Maybe a three. Maybe a three. Yeah. It depends. It depends. I mean, he, you know, who knows? Geno Smith, I mean, we're talking all this crap about him between this podcast and, you know, some <laughs> other ones. And he might really improve. He might yeah. become, you know, a decent quarterback. You don't know. And the um, world might end. <laughs> fair enough. Next one, uh, Golden Tate goes to the Lions for a lot of money. Well, relatively speaking. Yeah, not a lot of money overall, but he got paid twice as much as guys that I don't think he's twice as good as, you know, like he got paid almost twice as much as Knicks, who I don't think he's twice better than, you know, and even a guy like, uh, if you want to say Andre Roberts, who may not, you know, some people differ on his talent level, but is he twice the wide receiver that Andre Roberts was? You can line anybody across from Megatron 
and get production. So I don't understand. Again, this is another situation where I don't understand why it was the Lions to jump to the front of the Golden Tate sweepstakes if there was a sweepstakes for this guy. I think you could have waited him out, I think, or gotten a replacement talent that would have been equal or, you know, at least not so so glaring. You know, I mean, wide receiver is not the the Lions' biggest need. No. <laughs> see, see, you're not very high on Tate. I thought he was. Not. I thought he was a great talent. I thought he did great in Seattle. I mean, did they pay him too much? Yeah, but talent wise, I think he's. I think he's a great compliment too. I think he is too. I mean, I think he was overpaid, but I think he's going to be a great fantasy option this year. Right. He but stays I mean, healthy. Matt Stafford stays stays healthy. But, I mean, you know who is a great compliment to, to Calvin Johnson? Nate Burleson. Anybody is a great compliment on that offense no, but he's where they throw the ball 500 times across from Megatron. My, my point is, look, the, the value of Golden Tate aside, uh, you know, I'm lower than you two guys are. The value of that guy aside, you can line up an average NFL wide receiver across from Calvin Johnson and you'll be fine. In that offense, with the, the amount they throw, you'll be fine. I just don't understand why they went to the front when they have so many problems on that team. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they, you know, they want someone who can beat one-on-one coverage on the other side of Calvin. And putting an average guy out there, they might not be able to do that consistently, and I think that's why they went with Tate. Another really surprising one, James Jones goes to the black hole in Oakland. <laughs> 30-year-old wide receiver, you know, been a career, never had 1,000 yards, um, did have 14 touchdowns in 2012, but that was with Aaron Rodgers throwing on the ball. Only had three last year. That's correct. The black hole, perfect place for him. See you later, James. Nice career. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, you know, he's a very positive guy. He's a good run blocker. You know, uh, Reggie McKenzie knows him from his time in Green Bay, but. He went to San Jose Matt, State, so he's out there in Cali. Yeah, he's beat, I mean, you know, maybe him and Matt Schaub get something going, but yeah, right. I mean, I think he's clearly going to be the team's number one wide receiver. He could be a low tier if the volume is high enough. I don't he know. Could be a low tier number one fantasy uh, wide. It definitely helps Denarius Moore too. I think it takes a lot of pressure off him. Uh, I think Denarius Moore is a better player than or has more potential than James Jones. James Jones is on the back yeah, in he, his career. I mean, he, I mean, he. I don't know. I mean, didn't he? Well, here's the thing. What didn't he get? Didn't he get injured one of these years? One of the years too. Yeah, he's got banged up a little bit. Not never anything serious though. I think yeah. with James Jones, what will give Demarius more confidence is watching James Jones drop a pass in a critical situation and thinking, at least I'm not as bad as that guy. <laughs> <laughs> this just continues the Raiders' rich tapestry of their 2014 offseason. Uh, I don't know if there's anybody looking more forward to the Shab James Jones combo than this guy, and I'm pointing at myself because. What are you doing, Oakland? What are you doing? I understand. And again, the money is not an issue. James Jones is signed for like $11 million for like three years, I think, or something like that. It's extremely low. It's a modest deal. But he deserves to be paid extremely low. And I don't know why you need to stopgap on that team with wide receivers because they have a lot of young wide receivers that are good. And okay, you want to give them the veteran presence. Is James Jones a teacher? Is a guy, is a guy who spent his career as a wide receiver for a, a teacher for young wide receivers? I just don't. I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he wanted to go to the Raiders. He probably wanted to go to that situation. I mean, not the situation, but that area because he's from there, but he, he's a wide receiver too in real 
in real life, in not the best, in Santa's. In the, in the, best, in the lowest in the case in it. Low end. Yeah. So, I mean, him being a one, I mean, I don't know. I mean, how does he handle that? I mean, when he has to go against number one cornerbacks, how is that going to happen? Well, it's gonna, it's it? not going to be any different because Oakland last year didn't have any ones, number ones. I mean, you could say, oh, Denarius Moore was a number one, but they were all number twos and threes. I mean, it, it, I mean, it just goes to their their uh, moniker. Just, let's get, just get a bunch of average guys and stick them out there, and hopefully, maybe something will come of it. Well, they usually like speed, athletic freaks, which Jones is not really. Well, that was Al yeah, Davis, he's, and he's. He's on well, the other side, but they still do it. I mean, they're still in love with guys like McFadden and stuff. But but my point is, I, I guess what I'm saying is this is a probably a bad real life move, even though it might for the short term boost them a little bit. But for James Jones and his fantasy stock, it's up overall because yes. he's going to play it more. He's going to be on the field more. He's going to be in the red zone more. It's up for him. He's not going to don't go crazy. <laughs> don't make him your hot, hot sleeper for 2014. <laughs> but but. But Anybody in Oakland a, should never be your hot hot sleeper ever. He's he's your he's a wide receiver three. I don't know in fantasy. I, yeah, I think, no, no, I'm not drafting him any higher than a wide receiver three. No, I think he's solid two. I don't know no, solid two. You're the volume. The drinking. volume. Take of that the, glass. The volume. Of, here's the thing: the volume of times the Raiders are going to have to throw the ball. The fact that they have Schaub, who, as even though we bashed on the other podcast, is a better quarterback than any quarterback they've had there since uh, maybe maybe Carson Palmer is ridiculous. Rich Cannon. Yeah, I mean, if you want a fun <laughs> if you want a fun fact about the Raiders, they've had sixteen quarterbacks since Rich Cannon left, which is only like ten years ago. <laughs> so they've had sixteen quarterbacks in ten seasons. My point is, look, James Jones. If he catches eight touchdown passes, that's a wide receiver too, and I could see him catching eight touchdown passes in that offense. It's possible. Good luck, Mike. <laughs> One thing I have to say, and it's completely off topic, but I have to say something. What is with Mark Davis's hair? That is the craziest, weirdest <laughs> haircut I've ever seen. It's so bizarre. It's like, how well, do you look in the, the mirror and be like, yep, that's me. It, well, he goes to the same barber as Donald Trump. It, so, it got I to. Mean, I mean, that, I mean, it, it's in, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, I saw it's, it at the at the uh, combine. I'm like, oh my goodness, are you kidding me? It's, it's like Mark Tressman's hair too. It's very, it's it's odd. It's like Lego hair, but it's like I don't it know. It is. It's like on. a bowl cut. It's almost like a uh, Dorothy <laughs> Hamill type <laughs> type thing in the seventies. It's anyway. Um, Hakeem Nix goes to the Colts. One year deal. Awesome fit if they throw the ball. I think they got him because he's a run blocking wide receiver and he's going to drive me crazy. <laughs> no, stop. I mean, stop I think it. I think it's Hamilton. fantastic. I think it makes. I, I honestly think it makes him a uh, a uh, number one. Well, there's there, here's the Why thing. Not? I, I mean, could, you got T.Y. Hilton, but you know, I mean, Hilton's to me, Hilton's not the threat because Hilton fills a very particular role for them. He's the deep guy. He does okay over the middle, but you're not going to put him in. My concern with him is that Wayne is coming back. Yep. And Wayne wasn't there a lot last year. And they don't throw the ball enough as it is. So I, I'm optimistic about Nix's talent. I like Nix's talent. And I'm optimistic that one day Pep Hamilton will have a stroke or something and somebody will take over who throws <laughs> <Jesus>. the ball. <laughs> Come on, man. But but until that happens, I got to hedge my bets on hockey, Nix. I, I like his well, talent. The bottom line for me is, is he going to catch touchdowns? Because if he doesn't catch Maybe. touchdowns, he's not worth much. He's, I mean, like last year, he had almost 900 yards and zero touchdowns. If you don't catch touchdowns as a wide receiver, you're, you're virtually worthless. Well, I mean, he's on, I think, a one-year deal, right? Uh, because he 
He had a, such a down year. Yeah. I well, mean, uh, he, he's on a prove-it deal, which is the best kind of guy to have because on fantasy usually because they have to prove it. However, I just don't know if the volume – if the volume of targets – if he gets the volume of targets that they anticipate James Jones getting in Oakland by default, then he's a valuable player. If he's third in the pecking line behind T.Y. Hilton and Reggie Wayne on a team that's going to throw the ball maybe 30, time, maybe 30 attempts a game, 35 attempts a game, then I don't want anything to do with him, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he's got All that right, injury so, thing bug hanging over his head too. Yeah, he, too. Yeah. So for before we move on, I just want to ask you something. Do you hate Pep Hamilton more than you love Jordy Nelson? Nobody. Nobody has anything that's close to my love for Jordy Nelson. Okay, no, that's <laughs> um, a re-sign that we did want to bring up is uh, Anquan Bolden going back to the Forty ers He'll be the wide receiver too, who was valuable last year. You know, didn't put up a ton of yards, but every year we go to bury this guy, and every year he's, he's just fantasy. Okay. He becomes fantasy <laughs> relevant. I mean, he's never, you know, he's probably at best a wide receiver three, depending on you know how you draft. But I mean, he's still he's he's relevant, and he's out there, and he resigned with the Forty ers and Colin Kaepernick trusts him. So that's that's about it. He's a good he's a good solid football player capable of spectacular outputs in very limited circumstances. Yeah, like that first game he had where he had 230 yards yeah. or whatever. I mean, the next one he had 30. Day. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't happen often, but it's not a product of him. It's the offense. No, it's just the offense itself. Um, let's talk about New England Patriots, Tim. Um, Julian Edelman resigns and they bring in the beast known as Brandon LaFell. <laughs> beast. Yeah. It's like, that's all we need is one more person to drop the ball. I mean, New England. I mean, I mean, honestly, Aaron Dobson point two. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I love my Patriots, yeah, but really, I mean, I, honestly, I would it? rather have Jason Avant than Brandon LaFell. Brandon LaFell has a lot of potential, but he drops it and he's consistently dropped it. I mean, he does have a – he's bigger. He's like 6'2", 6'3". I mean, I mean yeah, that it's, is not, it's something... nice to have – I mean, it's nice to have actual, you know, somewhat, you know, a wide receiver over 5'11". I mean, it's kind of a, That's a, what kind I mean. of a luxury. It's it's pretty awesome. But, you know, I mean, he's not going to be a Randy Moss. I mean, that was the last really tall receiver that we had and actually used. I mean, and that's – you know, you have, you have Julian Edelman coming back. You still have Danny Amendola. You have Josh Boyce, Aaron Dobson, um, Kembrell Tompkins – one of those guys who didn't gone. do any, uh, who did, he was a healthy scratch for like a handful of games last year. And you still have Matt Slater, who's technically a wide receiver, oh, who stop, fills a roster stop, spot. Stop, stop, He's not <laughs> No, a wide not receiver. as a wide receiver, but he fills up a roster spot. So you're going to have to cut one of these other guys to keep Matt Slater on the roster if you want him for special teams. I think uh, the, big, the bigger story, we're kind of getting off on the side story here of LaFell, who which is hell if he has a, I mean, I guess he's going to make the roster because they gave him $3 million. Otherwise I would have said he just chance for a camp cut. But, uh, the real story is they finally resigned a guy that Tom Brady likes. Right. I mean, that's, that's the real story. Isn't it? The fact that they're bringing Edelman back when we all thought he would be a casualty because they had signed him and Dola to a larger contract at least shows that they respect the fact that Tom Brady has a chemistry bond with this guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think they had to bring him back or Tom Brady would have, you know, Went to Oakland. It's called a career. <laughs> <laughs> he would have done something terrible. No, I mean, I think Danny Amendola, I mean, if he gets hurt in, you know, preseason or in camp, I think they're just going to cut him. No, it's, I mean, it's, pretty... it's not a, a if. It's a when he gets hurt. 
he will get hurt. I mean, Danny Mandola's just just a disaster. I mean, but if he's hurt, I oh, I know. But they're gonna I, he's the guy they're gonna cut. Even if he doesn't get hurt, if he doesn't show something, I think he's obviously probably the number one guy because he makes a lot of money, and he's unproductive. Yeah. Tim Tim can't talk. He's upset about this topic. I, <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, I mean, what do you say? I mean, it's no, just, you, you have the greatest one of the greatest quarterback in NFL history. And <laughs> yeah, he laugh all you want there, Russell Wilson. The um, shut it. The uh, I, I, mean, I, I would have liked to see him get Knicks. I mean, truly. Yeah, well. I don't oh, think they want to spend money at the position, which is again back. Which is why yeah, they spent three billion dollars on Brandon LaFell. I mean, the only but, the only time they did is is Randy Moss. I mean, that was the last one where they spent and they, big yeah, money. They tra- and they traded for him. Well, because they, he, know, I mean, he 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 crashed and burned. That's why. He's well, he's Randy Moss too. I mean, he's not you know your average wide receiver. So T.O.'s still out there. Like I mean, sign T.O. I'm just <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't. So Brandon LaFell goes. Steve Smith goes to Baltimore. Oh, here we go. Ted Ginn goes to Cardinals. <laughs> Jericho Cotri goes to the Panthers. Unbelievable <laughs> move of the year. Carolina Panthers, everybody. <laughs> I, you know, I I can't put them in the Raiders category no. because it's only one position. No, it is. <laughs> and, and it's, only, and and it's we were, only for this year. I mean, Raiders have been doing it for the last 15. <laughs> and well, I mean, we've been talking about you know, the Panthers, and there's still enough guys out there in free agency and in the draft at wide receiver where that could be a strength at the beginning of the season. As crazy as that sounds, there's guys like Sidney Rice, Antonio Holmes, Jason Avant, Nate Burleson, Miles Kenny Austin. Britt, Miles Austin, and then you got Sammy Watkins, you know, and all the other wide receivers. I mean, the the, the that could be. I mean, I mean I'm not I, saying it will happen, but it can happen. I mean, I mean do, you, do you think they're hedging all their bets on the draft? I, I no, think I think they're, they're going to draft a wide receiver, and I think based off what they get in the draft, they're going to come back and sign some of these guys. Yeah. Well, I also think too that look, let's be honest about where Carolina is. They they <laughs> they're not a passing prolific team. They don't need your typical third wide receiver. They can get away with two decent guys. And to me, Crotchery, Crotchery, however you want to <laughs> say his name. He uh he's a decent solid NFL veteran. Absolutely. So if you get stuck, quote unquote, stuck with him as your third, it's not a terrible situation. As your third, but right now he's your number one. one. I, I get that. Yeah. But I'm saying but I'm saying all it takes is one drafted guy and one veteran guy. I think Yeah. I think the, the Panthers I think the Panthers wanted to shed salary at that position because oh, they're not they're not a team that believes in a high passing output. So their quarterback runs <laughs> way better right now than he throws, even though he had a good year last year. It's just not part of their philosophy. So they couldn't rationalize giving Brandon LaFell the money. They couldn't well, rationalize putting Well, I mean, they didn't, Smith. they didn't, I mean, Patriots didn't break the bank for LaFell. Uh, well, well, the mean, thing million is, is three million, I mean. <laughs> their, their main problem is they gave a crap ton of money to their running backs, right. well, guaranteed money, working through that. that is really hindering them from doing anything else on offense. Because you can only allocate so much money to offense. They can't run. They don't. They don't run it as well as people think they do. They try and then to they're it, not to mention not. their offensive line, which is decimated also. So, Jordan Gross retires. Trevor Warren's gone. Yeah, they they do. They have, they have some hits. But anyway, very weird situation in uh, Carolina. But Ka- Jericho Cotri, uh, yeah, ten touchdowns last year. Um, he he's the number two in Carolina. 
It's interesting. He's fantasy relevant. I don't know where he ends up being because you don't know who's on the other side of him and who Jay draft, but... I want to see camp. I want to monitor him. He yeah. could actually be the true definition of a sleeper. He could be a guy you pick up in the 10th round or later. of your Yeah, fantasy absolutely. That oh, yeah. Where you take him. And they got one of the guys they jettisoned, uh, Steve Smith, goes to Baltimore, 35 years old, got signed to a, I think, three-year deal on the other side of, uh, you know, Torrey Smith, which is pretty impressive. They re-signed Dennis Pitta, Baltimore on offense with Steve Smith. Like where they're going with that. I yeah, like oh yeah. It's good. That's a good fit for them. And that's the right situation for Steve Smith at this point in his career. Oh yeah. And and he fills the role of shit talker, which the Ravens have so desperately <laughs> needed since Ray Lewis retired. No, I mean he's like that, you know, he, he the mentality that they have, like the tough guy, Napoleonic complex, kinda, you know, tough little guy who wants to, you know, fight you and he he might in yeah. training camp, he might punch you, Ken Lucas. So. <laughs> but no, I mean overall I think, you know, I like I like the move. I mean I like it too. I don't I think like you. I, I don't think you could expect more than maybe eight hundred and eight from them. Yeah, I mean that's reasonable. They don't throw a ton. They will throw more this year, I think. Yeah, but I mean, he is thirty-five. You know, I, he's you, still you, he's a good player, but he he you know he's still a thirty-five-year-old receiver. He is, but I mean, he's still he's still scrappy. I mean, that's it's a guy. Oh, he, yeah. I, I almost see him as like an Anquan Bolden type. You know, he he's just consistently does it. He's done it for a long yeah. time. I mean, the. But I think one thing that benefits him too is their lack of running game, since Ray Rice is a yeah, uh, you know, well, that's, that's a disaster. A but it's a, it's a whole another podcast on that. But um, <laughs> look forward to that one, kids. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I think it benefits uh, him, and I think he's a top tier too. Honestly, I mean, I I take him. Yeah, I mean, I want to see what they come out with in camp for him. They might design a lot of screens for him like they did in Jackson, uh, yeah, Carolina. <laughs> Carolina. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a veteran. He knows his way around. He'll make the most out of his opportunities. That's the thing. And if he doesn't, and if they don't, then he will the every, He will let everyone know. <laughs> <laughs> he's not getting the ball. <laughs> Throw me the damn ball. Um, so this, this is one that, that I find weird. Um, Emmanuel Sanders going to the Broncos. Now – just because he goes by virtue of just him going to the Broncos, he gets a massive uptick. Yep. But and he's fast. But I he drops a lot of passes, and I don't think Ben Roethlisberger was ever really in love with this guy in terms of you know really being comfortable with him. So, not that it's a bad move, but I'm very interested to see how it all works out because he's a totally different than Eric Decker, the guy we should be placing. And how about how he how about how he got there? The whole controversy about how he. Did, was going to oh. commit to another team, and then he decided, oh, several times. Oh, wait a minute. Supposedly. Wait a minute. I mean, there's a whole controversy between him even going there in the first place. So that's interesting as well from like a mental situation. I look, like you said, if anybody in the Peyton Manning offense, I want. <laughs> I don't know what round I'm willing to pay for him, but I, I'm looking at Sanders because he's on that team. I don't know, Tim. What do you, what do you think about Emmanuel? Uh, I think the same thing. The interesting thing was, like last year, I mean, Patriots were willing to give up a second round pick for him, and then they didn't even sniff him this year. So I don't know if that's that's talent. Why I I don't know what's behind that, but I that might I have think been a good, good move but he's overall. very similar to I mean, Wes Welker, except the fact that he's only about half as good. See, so I think he's point? more vertical than Wes Welker is. I think Wes Welker is more well, shifty. Welker was I mean, shifty and was... quick. Yeah, where he's where Emmanuel Sanders is fast, but 
But it's interesting to see that they're going to have to play him on the outside because slot is going to be Welker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, and honestly, I mean, you, you, watching last year the Broncos, I didn't watch you know a ton of their games, but I watched enough. Welker didn't look that great. He did not look as good he as looked, he did. He looked at the slow. Picture. He did. He didn't look as quick as he did, and I, I just. I mean, obviously, Wes Walker is still going to be a big part of the, their well, offense. They paid him $8 million but, this year. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I but mean, overall. Be. But overall, I think he's slowing down. So maybe this is kind of like hedging their bet a little bit next year. Yeah, it might maybe, be a maybe, good, maybe he can move into the slot. Might be, a, might be a good time to trade Wes Walker. <laughs> well, I think they're trying to get. Look, let's be honest about this. From all their moves, the Broncos made a ton of moves. And we're not going to talk a lot about defense on this podcast. Or the Broncos. Uh, but the. But, I mean, you bring in a guy like DeMarcus Ware and everything else. TJ Ward. Ward. You're trying to win now. Well, they have so, to. So, yeah. I mean, they but they're loading up for Bear. So, I think yeah. they just see Emmanuel Sanders as another guy who they just can bring in there and just – at least he has a little bit of NFL – I mean, he's got a lot. What is his fourth year in the league? Yeah, fourth year, yeah. So, he's got NFL experience, and they don't feel like promoting one of their younger guys. That's fine. Uh, they're, they're in it, you know. They, they, they might have to gut the team a year from now, two years from now, but they're in it. I mean, as soon as Peyton Manning retires, I mean, that's a, you know, it, it could be a rebuild with all the guys that they have. I mean, it's, 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 it's interesting. I mean, they're definitely loading up. One of the last guys we wanted to talk about, another guy that 40 is very, 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 oh, very fun. Oh, got a got a crush on this dude. Is uh, Andre Fantasy. Roberts, who went to uh, Mike's Washington Redskins. Um so four, what do you think? Is he what's he gonna do? Is he gonna be number two? Is he gonna play inside? Is he gonna I, play outside? Is he gonna be do both? What's he gonna I do? I think they're gonna have to play him outside, which I'm not thrilled about because he ideally is like the perfect slot guy. But they did re sign Santana Moss, which I'm <laughs> I, you know, I, it's this, fine. He's stringing him along. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's Methuselah. <laughs> um but th- here's the reality of the situation. I don't know what the volume of passes is going to be this year for them because I assume they're going to throw it more than they did under Shanahan. Uh, Jay Gruden likes to kind of go, go for it. I liked Andre Roberts way before he got signed by my favorite team. So there's no homerism in my talent evaluation of this guy. I just don't know. I mean, traditionally, I mean, for about the last, ah, geez, almost 20 years, the second wide receiver on the Redskins has not had a lot of fantasy value. I this, I'm hoping it changes because Roberts is pretty talented, but I want to see it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you want to see a lot of things. I mean, that's that's an offense where you don't know what's going to happen with any of the guys in there. I mean, you know Robert Griffin's going to start, and you know you know, Alfred Morris is – Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, Alfred Morris is going to be the run. running back, but you don't know how many carries he's going to get. You know, you don't – it's 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 interesting. I mean, I love Pierre Garçon, and, monster, you know, any, anybody on the other side of him – if he starts is interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a guy that look, you're going to have to track him through camp. You start him, you know, if you're drafting him, you think wide receiver three, but he could finish the year fantasy wise as a, as a wide receiver two. It's, I want to see it. I don't know. I don't know what Jake Rune's going to do. I really don't brand new coach. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, a couple of the other receivers I just want to mention that move places and, in, in, you know, or move teams. And I'm not even sure if they're all really fantasy relevant, but Ted Ginn, who had a career year really with the uh, Panthers, and it wasn't even that tremendous, but he had a, one of his best years recently, uh, went back to the cart or went to the Cardinals. I don't know what I, that means. I don't know what it means either because he's more, he was a big returner, but you have Patrick Peterson who returns. So, I mean, at what point, what, what, what part of that do you, 
I mean, yes. he's not he a prolific feel- pass and, you know, receiving threat or anything like that. I mean, he's fast. It's more one of those go-route guys. He's not even a slot guys. guy. But he's not even really a slot guy. And you have, you know, Michael Floyd on the outside and Larry Fitzgerald. So I think he's all right in a slot. I think he reminds me of, <laughs> this is going to sound bad, but I, I actually like it as a real NFL player. He's, he reminds me of like a Steve Breston role for them. He could be like that borderline three guy that could also play on the outside when he has to. Yeah. I, I think Ted Ginn's a pretty underrated NFL player. It's just that he's been in some bad passing offense. Oh, yeah. No, and, and I don't think he's really – I mean, fan, in terms of fantasy relevancy, I don't know if he's really – He's uh, a wild card. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. if you get points Cam for Cameron a turn. <laughs> <laughs> number 10 overall. Um, Lance Moore goes to the Steelers. Nice move. I mean, they needed someone to replace Cotchery. He's pretty – you know, he's and a nine-year, yeah, and Sanders, and he's a nine-year, um, nine-year vet. He's been around the block. He knows how to play, but he's definitely, I think, slowing up. I mean, the Saints would have kept him if he wasn't. Yeah, I agree with that. I also think that, like, like the Pittsburgh loves those guys, those veteran guys, and, they do. and he yeah. fits the mold. So that's fine. And he wasn't expensive. Um, this one, I, I, <laughs> I mean, this, 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 this. I mean, Dexter McCluster goes to the Titans, and he was one of the first wide receivers in free agency that was signed. He was like signed on the first day, which means, you know, they were like talking or the second day. I don't remember the time. Yeah. He was one of the first three or four wide receivers signed, which means you had an off season plan and your off season plan consisted of Dexter McCluster <laughs> somewhere on the top of that priority list. Explain this to me. Ken Wizenhunt. Well, he, he went to the desert and take a bunch of peyote and he saw Charlie Whitehurst <laughs> throwing the ball to Dexter McCluster in his dreams. And then he was like, yeah, I have to do that. So he maybe he's he with it. with uh, Ricky Williams and Mystic Steve out there in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they have some guys who are okay up and coming guys, you know, in the wide receiver court. So I don't even know where he fits because they have Justin Hunter. <laughs> they have a lot of guys there. I mean, they still have Nate Washington there. They still have um, the guy from Baylor. I forgot his name right now, but um, Kendall Wright. Kendall Wright. And they, I mean, they, and they let go a guy who I thought was pretty decent. Damien Williams. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm surprised uh, he hasn't been picked up, to be honest with you. But uh, I, I just don't know. I don't know what you're doing, Titans. I don't. Uh, Dexter McCluster, not a football player. Nice guy. <laughs> he's, ga- he's, he's, a gadget, just, he's a gadget guy. Not a he's, football an, player. he's an athlete. He's not one of those guys that doesn't really have an identity. He just kind of yeah. goes out there and hopefully he does something with the ball. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's odd. It's, it's an, it's an odd puzzling move. Like Santana Moss going back to the Redskins, whatever he's depth, you know, he's a Redskin. Probably you know, for he's life. A leader, and, yeah. That's you know, whole. yada, yada, yada. That's fine. Mario Manningham going back to the giants. <laughs> I uh, laughed so hard at this because, <laughs> because I can't wait for this guy to beat out Ruben Randall. Who, like my brother has a hard on for <laughs> thinks thinks it's going to be like the next giant megastar. Well, he's not going to be the next giant megastar because they're bringing this guy back from the blink of oblivion. Oblivion. To be to be on the roster again, and Giants fans are going to love this move because it makes them all nostalgic for his Super Bowl catch. Good luck with that. Yeah, <laughs> good. Yeah, if yeah. you're if you're yeah, still uh, right yeah. on that coattails, you're God, in yo, 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 yeah, it's like Joey from Ronkonkoma. I was like, dude, dude, we got Manningham back, bro. It's going to be awesome, guy. <laughs> you know, all right, whatever. Um, couple. I mean, one that doesn't matter. I mean, Devin Hester going to the Falcons. I mean, Devin, Devin Hester. He doesn't really play receiver very well. He's not going to get any significant touches in that offense i would doubt and then you know andrew hawkins actually signed an offer sheet from the browns and went to the browns and he replaces um 
the guy who really Devon like Bess. yeah yeah he really he, screwed up i was just yeah I, I was trying <laughs> to come guy. up with a good euphemism for him but i kind of tripped over it he's he's not uh not doing well these days yeah but here's what's shocking about this why why andrew hawkins why do you offer this guy like why would you like yes so cincinnati looks at this and says okay i'm gonna match this why would i match this like they probably thought the paperwork was a joke when it came <laughs> somebody put that somebody put in an offer on this guy like no, yeah, like the guys on the guys phone. For nothing. The guy's on the phone. He covers it. He's like, "Holy shit! Let me see what they did with Andrew Hawkins or Andrew Hawkins." Are you kidding me? I mean, in in you know, why would they sign him when there's a draft full of wide receivers that are probably going to? I mean, and he's a free agent pool full of wide receivers. It's just there's no reason. And the Browns, you know, obviously they like him. They want a guy in the slot. That's cool. That's good. They need they need they need weapons. Which I, I mean, guess puts his fantasy value on the radar because if you are willing to sign him to an offer sheet, I guess you have plans for this guy. And Greg Little, <laughs> their number two receiver, is oh, I mean man. on the verge. He's on the verge of being cut. So, I mean, he, he's actually relevant, which is is crazy to me. Welcome to Cleveland. <laughs> Woohoo! Factory of sadness. Um, so some unsigned guys that we talked about, and you know, I had mentioned earlier, um, Kenny Britt. I love that guy. I'm sorry. I, I love his talent. You know what's going to crush I, I really you, Tim? Do. You know what's going to crush you is the fact that I heard that the Patriots are officially out on Kenny Britt. <clears throat> I know, but that's all right. I, I still, as a fantasy, as a fantasy player, I just I do like his potential. I mean, he was injured. Blew There's out just his plenty of situations I, that he could go to where he would really interest me. Panthers. Let's put it this way: if he goes, if he goes to the Rams, Tim, we can talk trade tomorrow in my dynasty league because I want no part of him on the Rams. God, but, but if I mean, if he goes to the Panthers, I mean. Yeah, that's a good spot. Oh. The Bills were looking at him as well, which is a weird situation. But he's a buy low guy, you know what I mean? He's yes. a one year guy. You buy him cheap, he blows up, and then you just let him go, you know, because you you know you probably not want I hope him back. He blows up. I hope he blows up. I I I, I always think like uh, he has scary talent, but I just he gets hurt a lot, man. He gets I hurt mean, a lot, yeah, and his head was not right for the yeah. first couple of years. <laughs> um, you know, Miles Austin. I think he could still be. A legitimate player you know maybe he maybe he's not a you know a full-time number two anymore maybe he is i don't know but i wherever he goes he will be relevant fantasy wise and i think he's a post-draft guy like we talked about kenny yeah. Britt. kenny Britt will probably be a pre-draft Pre, yeah. guy but uh austin i can see some team waiting in him out. i mean these next four guys including austin that we're going to talk about santonio holmes oh Sydney, he's going to be on our He's going to be on our roster. Sidney Rice coming off of ACL will be on our roster. Jason Avon, why he's not on speed dial on a bunch of teams, right? I don't know. I, have no I mean, idea. I wish the Patriots signed. The Patriots brought him in for a workout, too. And uh, why they signed Brandon LaFell and not Jason Avon. I mean, consistent player. He's good. I mean, uh, I mean, well, I mean, maybe there's an injury thing that's with him that's, you know, scaring teams off. I don't know. Um, and then there's Nate Burleson, who. Um, unless he's like one of those guys, like you said, is going to be, you know, in the back pocket of somebody after the draft. That's yeah, I mean, that's very possible, too. I mean, you know, you just kind of kind of wait and see. But um, I mean, think Nate Burleson. I mean, if he comes in and is your number three, four, you know, he can play on the outside, play on the inside. He, he's a versatile guy for a team that. You know, like the Panthers. Like the Panthers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, he's not a world beater, but no, you know, he's, a, good he's a guy where you know you could bring him in. Fantasy relevant, probably not so much, but let's he's put a, it this way: he's more valuable to me than Dexter McCluster, who got signed on the first day of free. <laughs> but you know, if he goes to somewhere like the Panthers, he ups Cam Newton's value because he's actually a legitimate target. Yeah, so. he's a veteran. You want a veteran? Yeah. Uh, tight ends. Oh, I love those tight ends. Um, 
Tim, weren't you a tight end long ago? No. No. I was just a I was just a tackle. Tackle. Just a T. I was a, a fat tea. kid. <laughs> awesome. Well guys, we're gonna talk about <laughs> tight ends. Um Biggest one, franchise tag, Jimmy Graham, not going anywhere. Never was an issue. No. Never. No. They're, they're eventually going to figure that out. So, I mean, he's more valuable than some wide receivers. All right, we we all, talked about him last year. We know. Yeah, everyone has I mean, a if, big love fest for him. Blah, blah, blah. With, with, the, with the decline, <laughs> with the, well, with the decline of Gronk, he is, he is the clear-cut number what? one player. Uh, 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 don't ever clear say cut. decline of it is. No. I own, I own Gronkowski in a dynasty league, and he's just not worth what he was because I mean, look, it's not his fault, but the guy gets hurt a <laughs> yeah. lot now. Can't make the club in Easy the tub. tub. <laughs> <laughs> um, next one, great re-signing. Um, Dennis Pitta goes back to the Baltimore Ravens. We kind of mentioned it earlier. We we're talking about wide receivers. You got him, Steve Smith, Tory Smith. They need whoever that. else, whoever else they tried out there. And you forget. That the big part of this with them resigning Pitt is that he's now under one of the best yeah, so gonna, coaches gonna mention that. for tight ends. Uh, the new offensive coordinator there, Gary Kubiak, who used to coach the Texans. So, look, Pitt had Pitt actually impressed the hell out of me last year when he came back from his injury a little earlier than we all thought, and looked good when he came back in limited mm-hmm. very limited time. Yeah. I think he, I think he only played like four games last year. Yeah, but he looked good he coming looked good. back. You're off right. He did. And, you know, when he got hurt in, you know, in the preseason about his hip, I mean, everybody, people were saying like career kind of things about him. And when he came back, I'm like, holy crap. I mean, he looks, he looks nice. Um, Jermichael Finley up in the air. Um, he came in, he went into Seattle for um, <clears throat> a visit and a physical and he didn't pass the physical. So he's still waiting. There's still some waiting reports for- out there that, you know, he was months away from yeah. actually being cleared. It's, it's been about four months, and they say it takes several more months for the bones to totally fuse in his neck. I mean, I mean, if you hear that, I mean, do you really want to sign that guy? Do you really want to see a death on the well, field? Well, they or said some guy get paralyzed. It's not really as bad as I guess it's it's fairly common procedure, You're, but oh yeah, you know, getting a bunch of bones fused in your neck. Yeah. Well, in terms <laughs> of that, if he was a normal person and didn't play football, he wouldn't have needed surgery. Right. But he is a football player, so he needed the surgery to continue playing. It's so, a, it's an interesting thing. I but don't wherever he goes, he year. better get some deer antler stuff. I <laughs> <laughs> call it Ray Lewis, put those holograms on his elbows. He could be a weapon for a team making a postseason run, I think. But in fantasy, I don't think that's going to help you that much. Uh, yeah. I think his timetable is, I mean, I would be shocked if you see him play football this year. And I'd be shocked if he plays before, if I he wouldn't. does play, if he plays before week 10. I yeah, wouldn't yeah, touch I mean, him. Yeah. I wouldn't touch him. If you get a, it's, you get him, you know, the last week of the year, and you want to sign him for next year, then great. But I wouldn't in touch him otherwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah in a I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, we we don't know. I mean, with that guy, you just don't know, and, and you you don't touch. That's a good no, and that's a good about. enough reason not to take him at all. <laughs> <laughs> One oh. of the most, oh. and, and and all of us are holding our hands <laughs> in, our, in our hands. So so I forgot who said it on Twitter, but right after this happened. Um, after, so we're going to talk about Brandon Pettigrew, who re-signed um, four years, four, $16 million with the uh, the uh, Detroit Lions. The ever-savvy financial Detroit Lions, <laughs> as we're figuring and, out. And I forgot who it was on Twitter, and I want to give him the uh, actual uh, the credit for it, but they're like, oh, he dropped his pen on the way to sign. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought that was really funny. I mean, I guess this is another one where we, we, when we had our free agency preview podcast, we were like, no way is this guy going back to his team. Like why? I thought he was gonna they, be like you know you know like in 
in after the draft kind of signing yeah. because he's just damaged goods. Yeah. I mean, he's damaged goods. They didn't seem like they had a plan to use him. They let Fourier come on the field whenever they wanted. They let, uh, what's the other guy there? <laughs> I don't know. They had a bunch of guys. Tony Shepard. <laughs> well, they cut him. because like uh, years yeah, ago. Yeah, they cut him. But, uh, but yeah. you know what I mean? Like, they had all these guys in the pecking order that were sharing time on an offense that didn't really use the tight end in the first place. So your first priority as new head coach, Jim Caldwell, is coming in and grabbing this guy and re-signing him? What do you have for you? I mean, unless they're going to run a lot of two tight ends. I mean, they might. I don't know. Look, but. maybe there is a plan. for. I give them the benefit of the doubt if Caldwell has a plan for this guy that Schwartz didn't have for him. Well, I but, hope it's not the same thing that he used Dallas, you know, with Dallas Clark because he's going to be sorely disappointed. Yeah. I mean. I don't know what you do with him. I don't I don't. They know. probably run a lot of two tights, but he's not. There's no value in him. He has to prove. I wouldn't say there's no value in him. I, I, I'm not sure. You have to see it. You have, I have to. You have to prove to me that he's worth something. He's pro. He's maybe doesn't get drafted in a draft. I wouldn't draft him. No. It's possible he doesn't get drafted. Right. Well, I I think in a fantasy, I I fantasy think, draft. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> him and McFadden going back to their respective teams when you already know what the you're like. This is like me selling you a car <laughs> that I know is bad. Right. That's a used car. We hate we hate those guys. But this is like when you own the junky vehicle and you decide to like just re up it. Why, like, just, uh, just let me take out another uh, car loan on that thing. Why, why like, take it, take, take out money on collateral? You know, like in 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 McFan's case, it was a junker that broke down a lot, and you're extending the lease unexplicably. But then you're you've got this thing where you've like left it in your driveway for like I don't know a year, and now you decide you want to now you decide you want to put more money into it. It's weird. It's just weird. I don't know why he's coming you know, back. He's not a great blocker. You know, I'm just trying to think of the reasons why you would bring him back. And, you know, I mean, maybe Matthew Stafford really likes him. I don't know. Maybe I mean, he has he, the heyday that he's that he they used to have. I mean, the, he was productive. There were times where he caught he caught 75 balls in a season. You know, I mean, that's a lot for a tight end. So, you, so you, know, know, but, you know, you know, he's got the talent because he's done it. But at the same time, he hasn't done it in like two, three years. So, well, he right. seems to be uh, petering out. That's the thing. Yeah, he's, he seems to be, you know, kind of just declining, which is concerning. I mean, you, but, I mean, did you sign him on what he he could be? Because he's done it before. But if you look at him, what he's done lately, it's like, wait a minute, what the? I mean, Owen. I mean, I mean, the next guy that we're going to talk about is Owen Dan. Why would you not? I mean, Owen Daniels. They signed Pettigrew early too. Pettigrew was one of the. You first don't guys. sign a guy on what he's done. You sign him on what he can do. Yes. Right. Well, Absolutely. And that's and if you sign lions. you sign guys on what what they've done because oh yeah he was a great whatever you know he was a great Seahawk he was a great Raider that's a dumb move you don't sign guys on what they did in the past to give them like a reward to them because you already paid them for what they did <laughs> let them go. And now you you realize that this whole thing is going to make Brandon Pettigrew an absolute fantasy monster. I know. Gonna, <laughs> we've just jinxed him into top ten tight end. <laughs> terrible uh yeah like, like tim said uh owen daniels um still a free agent baltimore is very interested in him i would love to see him in baltimore that would be an we awesome just, move. i mean we nice. just we just talked about pitta and kubiak together if kubiak can get his two tight ends owen daniels and pitta and then you have steve smith on one side and tory smith on the other side wow if they, get, if they get the offensive line and the running game going a little bit that that offense could be good I mean, they could be very good. I mean, that's a that's, Kubiak system is good. That said, it's a proven system. 
Owen Daniels' fantasy value is going to be a little weird because that's a good move as a football player. Absolutely. I don't know what it does for him fantasy-wise. I don't know that Owen Daniels is going to come off a of free agency into a spot where he's the number one tight end anyway, though, at this point in his career. I don't know. I don't know. Because I don't think the teams that are interested in this guy, the rap on him right now is that he's injured a lot. Probably not. I mean, I mean, you can't really think of too many teams he's going to go to. I mean, Kansas City, maybe he starts. You know, maybe the Raiders. There's not too many teams where he's going to go to and he's going to start, like yeah. you said. And even when, if he does go to those teams, they're probably poorer teams without a quarterback. So the whole offense's value isn't very high anyway. So it's unclear. He's, he's another unclear guy. <laughs> I want to see where he goes. Oh, I'm hoping for him personally, because I would like to see it. I'm hoping he gets to work with Kubiak in Baltimore. Um, Garrett Graham resigns with the Houston Texans. So that would make him and Ryan Griffin, the rookie from last year, the two starting tight ends in uh, Houston, which you don't really know how much two tight ends they're going to use. They might abandon it now. Right? Yeah. I mean, they re obviously resigned him because they like him and they are going to use tight ends, but He's we don't know blocker. how much. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I just don't know what they're doing. Case. I mean, right. And Ryan Griffin did show some promise, so maybe they are going to use a lot of two tight ends. He's out of the Belichick tree, so maybe he likes using the two tight ends. I don't really know what's happening with Bill O'Brien offensively. So, interesting situation. I think he's. Uh, we we asked the question: Could he be a team's number one? Well, we're probably gonna, we're going to find out. I think he can, in, sh in short order. But what kind of number one is he? Is he like a Seattle Zach Miller tight end that catches 35 balls, or is he Jimmy Graham that catches 120? There's a big uh, the there's a big gap. As, as we've said a couple times in these offseason podcasts, the Texans are one of the teams with the most. I don't know. The, the identity is complete mystery to me, so I don't have to watch that. It's interesting. Uh, another guy resigned. Um, a lot of resignings here in the tight ends is uh, Scott Chandler, uh, resigned with Buffalo. Just an average player. I mean, he's never special, but he – you know, he's a tight end, too, at best. Yeah. yeah, in fantasy. Is he still there? Probably. You know, he's not a great tight end, too. But if you had him, it's not the worst thing in the world. Good football player. Not not a great fantasy. Yeah, average. Yeah. I mean, if he catches, if he ends up having, you know, six touchdowns, yeah. This is what you need is a tight end, too. Yeah, good it, fill. Uh, he's, he's a decent fill-in. He might get you four or five points or something like that. And it should be mentioned, there's a slight chance that, you know, Manuel, EJ Manuel there didn't play all, all of last season. He played some last season. There's a chance that he could see an uptick in targets if he becomes a favorite. I don't think Manuel's kind of established his pecking order yet either. So that could be a good news for Scott Chandler. But you're not going to go into your fantasy drafts targeting Scott Chandler. He's going to be a plan B for you as depth on your fantasy rosters. Absolutely. So before we go into our worst and best moves of the offseason thus far, I wanted to talk about Chris Johnson. We didn't talk about him in the running backs, and I wanted to bring him up here. Is He's a possible trade. Everybody says he's on the block. I don't see too many teams really being interested in him. $8 million I mean, salary? Would you be traded for $8 million salary? I well, mean, I mean, they'd probably have to re-sign him to a new deal if they did trade for him. That'd probably be contingent on the trade. But, I mean – we're 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 already fit. I mean, I'm I was thinking I'm trying to rack my brain of, you know, places where he would fit, you know, probably as a timeshare somewhere is probably his best. He had his best years when he was with uh Lendell White years ago. He had I mean, a great year Lendell, when he was, you know, I and, mean the I guess the one good thing he has going for him is his receiving threat. So I mean uh, New Orleans? Yeah. I mean, it would be bad. Receiving threat that's out there. They're running that would, backs. That would, that's an interesting fit. That's like interesting. It. That's a good thought. I didn't, I didn't really think of them in terms of. Uh, I mean, they pretty much have a bunch of, you know, 
you know, Nothing Pierre Thomas and Pierre, Pierre Thomas and Mark Ingram. Ingram. Yeah, that's it. And Travis Cadet. Travis oh, and, and Kiri, Kiri, uh, Kiri Robinson. Kiri Robinson, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's an interesting thought. I mean, I, like, moving around, I mean, I'm thinking about, you know, teams like Buffalo or Miami was what it's on I was thinking about, but they just signed. Um, no Sean. No Sean, so that's really out of it. I mean, is, does he go to Cleveland and is he split time with Ben Tate? I mean, I don't like that fit at all. I mean, no. Do the Ravens, you know, with I'll Ray tell Rice? You where he would be uh, you, awesome. you, you t- you'd have to go someplace where they has at least decent quarterback play. You know where he would be great, and they're not going to be able to do it because they made all these other moves, and they're not. I don't think they'd be cap cap wise, but they are in the win now thing. Is Denver? He'd be great in Denver. Yeah, Monty Ball and him, because now you've got you you got a little bit of uncertainty now in Denver because of the whole. We, we got rid of our leading rusher thing, and we got two young guys or three young guys, depending on whether you consider Ronnie Hillman part of the future there. Yeah, he as, may or may as, not be. As, in the equation, how great would it be for Peyton Manning to check down to, to him, Chris Johnson? But I just don't think it's feasible for them to fit him in the cap. He would have to take a massive pay cut to do that. But, yeah, no, that's an interesting thought for sure. I mean, I was even thinking, like, Chicago – because there's no backup in Chicago right now. Yeah, that's an interesting one, too. I mean, I think Chicago will probably look for a, a bigger... You know, you always like to have that one, yeah. too. Yeah, you thing. definitely like to have, but Four I mean... Some of that goal line back. But, you know, it's, I'm just trying to place a team that would... You know, it's an interesting scenario. This market, so. I don't think, is going to be very wide. I don't <laughs> think he's going to... If he does get traded, it's probably going to be maybe even into the season. Right. Well, if he does get traded, imagine you're a Sean Green owner. <laughs> this guy gets traded, and then you're like all excited for Sean Green to start, and then Sean Green goes down three games late. I just see this. <laughs> I just see these dominoes falling for the Titans, where Dexter McCluster is somehow now the running back. There. Oh man! And it all makes sense. All the preseason moves make sense if Dexter McCluster replaces an injured Sean Green after you've traded Chris Johnson. That's insane. <laughs> That's an insane thought. All right, for your worst move of the ah! offseason this far. <laughs> We've been, uh, this has been building. I need this. <laughs> I feel. Mike, you have the floor. <laughs> I feel sorry for Raiders fans. And they're not an easy group to feel sorry for a lot of the time with their spiky foam pads and. The ro- Road Warrior. <laughs> face, face painting and, you know, whatever. But I, for worst move, every move that the Raiders have made this offseason is tied for the worst move. Not every move. I, I'll, I'll mend that. There's a couple of okay moves, but they just, it's weird. They're a team that had a ton of cap space and could have really made a flash. And like, like a guy that you could build a team around. Like, you know, we said, oh, Decker wound up in the Jets. He could have wound up in the Raiders just as easily. And the Raiders could have used him for years on offense if that's what they wanted to do. What did they do? Instead of signing younger players, and this goes on the offense and the defensive side of the ball, they signed a bunch of cheaper <laughs> stopgap guys who are of questionable leadership. I mean, like, not that they're questionable leaders, but they just haven't had an opportunity to lead, like James Jones. I don't think Matt Schaub really commanded the locker room. I guess you can make a case for Justin Tuck. Why? Why was this done? Was this done to try and save the job of the coach for one more year or to try to save the GM to get them the six wins in the division instead of getting them the two wins? You know, like it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense. They the re-signing of McFadden we've gone over on the on a podcast makes yep. no sense. The Schaub thing makes no sense. Donald Penn, who is in Washington as a they were gonna move him to right tackle in Washington and offer him a lower deal, is now your starting left tackle <laughs> in Oakland. 
He's 35 years old, and he's a left tackle. It's not a quarterback playing at 35. He's a left tackle playing at 35. Okay, he signed Justin Tuck, who is clearly on the downside of his career in New York, so much so that they let Tuck was a captain in New York, and they didn't even offer him a contract. <laughs> That's how, Betty. And in turn, in, in place of Justin Tuck, you let Lamar Houston, who was probably your best defender last year, go, who's like 26 or whatever he is, 27. Yeah, 26, 27, yeah. You bring in James Jones. We slammed that one already. Austin Howard they bring in to play tackle, but they're going to kick him inside the guard in a move that makes no sense because he's clearly an outside tackle. But that's okay because <laughs> they really missed out on their biggest prize, which they were going to give Roger Saffold, who's one of the worst tackles in the NFL. They were going to give him $41 million to come when the Rams let him go in free agency, and they were going to take the 6'7 <laughs> guy and move him inside to guard. The Raiders have no fucking idea what they're doing. <laughs> they're doing it cheap. That's The positives are they're, that they're doing it cheap, and they, so they didn't overpay for Rashard Jennings, which was a good move for them not to do that. They brought in a guy like Lamar Woodley and Antoine Smith on defense who could reasonably be leaders on that defense and are cheap and aren't 100 fucking years old like all these other guys. <laughs> but, and they may actually get a low draft pick back for Terrell Pryor because Buffalo is just ridiculously after him for some reason. I guess he's a good fit behind an EJ Manuel. Yeah, yeah good fit. Yeah. But Terrell Pryor is not a good fit anywhere. I look at the Raiders like they're trying to buy time for some bizarre reason. When their fans know they're going to the, – look, the fans have been coming for years. They'll still come if you suck. It's fine. They know you're going to suck. Just do it with purpose. You sign the 26-year-old guy. You don't sign the 36-fucking-year-old. I, 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 I don't understand they're, they're acquiring – So I mean, they didn't sign them to bad contracts, which doesn't hurt them long-term, like you said. But having that many older, aging players – they were like seventy million dollars under the cap. Seventy sixty-four million. Now look, you can you can million. you can tell me that nobody wants to to go to Oakland, and I can buy that 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 wasn't a number one free agent destination for a lot of these guys. That's why you give them a little more money than the next guy, and he comes. That's what happens, Oakland. I don't. The, oh, I mean the one the one thing if you were close, in the, you were in the you made it to the playoffs. Like the Patriots, you know, they they like signing the you know those veteran guys, the old guys that have about like like a half a year left and stuff like that. You know, like they used to back in the Super Bowl days. You know, they they sign these guys. It'd be it'd be decent, but there's nowhere near close. You're just wasting time. These guys are you're wasting are, money. They're guys you sign to push you over the top if you're close. Yes. And the Raiders are obviously nowhere fucking near. And Raiders, I, I, don't, I don't hate the Raiders, Raiders fans, if there are any listening to the podcast. Like I said, I sympathize with you. And I think that you're going to get a little bit of a kick out of seeing James Jones in matchup for about three weeks. And then you're going to realize, oh, my God, we have to rebuild again <laughs> next year. That's all they're doing is perpetually landing themselves in limbo. I don't, I don't, I don't understand what's going on. I mean, unless they're just biding time to- – hoping that their rookie class will catch up by the time these guys retire. Right. I, well, you have to I mean, I hope, I hope that's your forethought, but if it works out great, if it doesn't, you are in some, but look at the guys, that we shit. Went, look at the guys we went over, right. For these free agents. Like I said, Decker. Okay. Maybe you, maybe Decker really didn't want to go there and you really would have to pay him. Yeah. But a guy like Nick's who had nowhere else to go, a guy like Andre Roberts, you could, there were quality guys in the age range that you could bring along. Emmanuel right? Sanders is a hired gun. <laughs> he was just looking for money. <laughs> like you get it. I mean, say what you want about Emmanuel Sanders, but. And I will. <laughs> and you could have stolen from the Broncos. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm just flabbergasted by it. That's my, that's my worst move Raiders. Everything. <laughs> Tim worst move. I'm Echo and Mike. I cu- I couldn't find one that truly <laughs> was worse than that. I mean, I mean, honestly, I mean, I, I hate to you know hang on the coattails of what Mike said, but I'm going to because it is the worst. I mean, 
I'm not going to rehash it, but it was just terrible. That's that's my worst. I have the, what the Carolina Panthers did on offense so far. And, well, and defense. They lost Captain Mutterlin. Who say what you want about Captain Mutterlin. <laughs> and I will. He was still a big part of that offense, or a part of that defense. They lost, Jordan Gross retired. They didn't replace him. Trevor Wharton left. They didn't replace him. One of their other linemen left. They didn't replace him. They let Steve Smith go. They signed Jericho Cotter to replace Steve Smith, but they also let LaFell and Ted Ginn go. Mm-hmm. And they have old running backs that they need to replace that are overpaid that they can't cut. <laughs> so they put themselves in a situation where they're just getting worse offensively. And on, I mean, they can replace with the defense, you know, in the secondary, but you can't replace that many guys on offense. It's just, I mean, they don't have the money to sign the free agents and they don't have, you can't get rookies to go in and replace all these guys and still win 12 games. It's just not going to happen. Panthers so. fans. It's going to be a long year. It could be. You better, could you be. better hope. I, I, I'm uh, not Cam saying Newton's I'm not burying them yet. For his life. Well, they could, they could win a lot of games like 14 to 10 or something like that, but I just, I'm it, not burying them, no. but that off season is not good so far. So like, far. like we mentioned when we went over it, they have time. I don't Absolutely. know if they're going to use it, but they have time. But there are guys out there that can help them. Yeah, some of these guys restructure. <laughs> All right, best moves. Fort? All right, this was a close one for me. Uh, I think the team that I picked won out for best moves because there was a lot of great moves this offseason, I thought. The Eagles were close. I, yeah, I, I hate the Eagles, but the Eagles are doing a fantastic job since Jim, Jim, uh, Chip Kelly got there. But... The team that I think uh, very underratedly, I think, had the best offseason so far is the Ravens. Uh, Ozzie Newsome yeah, does it again. Job. I mean, coming into the offseason, they needed they needed wide receiver help. They needed to fix that offensive line, and they needed to do something about their defense because their defense has not fully made the transition from the Ray Lewis era to the new era. So what did they do? First, they re-signed the guys they absolutely had to resign. We talked about Pitta. Pitta got a great deal, 36 mil. Uh, but he's worth it. We he has an up and coming tight end for fantasy purposes. He could be a, he could be tight end four, you know, by the end of the year. Uh, they did a great job. They had to resign their left tackle, Eugene Monroe, who played excellent last year, despite everybody else on that line having a problem. And then to speak to that point, they acquired uh, Zuta, Jeremy Zuta, yep, from, from uh, I like I like that trade, yeah, which was, was amazing. Nice. I mean, Tampa Bay had a uh, surplus with Zuta because they signed, uh, what's his name, Dietrich there. Um, Evan Dietrich Smith, yeah. But he was available, and he was available for a pick not even this year. They got him for a mid, mid-day mid pick. I think it was like a fifth-round pick in 2015. 2015. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you, so you re-sign your left tackle who played really well. You upgraded your center position. Those are the two most important positions on the offensive line, in my opinion. So, yeah, absolutely they are. So you're doing, you're doing yourself a solid there. Then... On defense, you re-sign in, uh, the inside linebacker, Gerald Smith, who is an underrated player. He played awesome last year. And it, it, he really yeah, he did, did step into some huge shoes. And, you know, they I mean, they let McLean get away because he was going to price himself out of that market, which yeah, is fine. fine. But you really needed to re-sign Daryl Smith, and they did that. And then if they top this whole thing on, Oh, I'm sorry. And then we, Steve Smith that we talked about. They right. needed receiving help, and they went out and got Steve Smith. They also, for the record, re-signed Jacoby Jones. And, you know, so they're keeping that together. They, they increased their offensive line. They increased their wide receivers. They re-signed the leader of their defense last year. And then they might be, as of you know, right now, the 27th, they haven't. But they might sign Owen Daniels in the next two days. 
that's the best offseason that I've seen so far. The Ravens are doing a crazy good job at fixing their holes. Tim? I have to say, and everyone will say, oh, you're a homer, but I have to say the Jaguars. I think they I think they had a good offseason. I mean, I think whether the Ravens You stole mine! You, uh, you, <laughs> what a dick! Well, Whatever. think of it. While Tim explains it, think of another good a good, a good, move. All right, Tim, go. You want to take it? Let's take it. Go for Let's it. be a homer. <sighs> Resigning Chad Henney, I thought it was, a, it was a great move. Gives a little bit of a consistency to the Jaguars, which they have not had. Someone that's a decent quarterback that can actually throw to a wide receiver Hold on. instead of the other team. Well, can I just interrupt? I'm sorry. <laughs> the move of the fucking century was they traded Blaine Gabbert for a fucking draft pick. That's amazing. They got, they got something for Blaine Gabbert. They got a six-round pick. Amazing. Maybe Tim was building to that. Sorry, I did. I just, I just had to let that explode out. I couldn't hold it back anymore. I'm sorry. <sighs> they uh, signed cornerback Will Blackman. Got Jason Babin back after they released them for a cheaper deal. They got Toby Gearhart, so they got a younger, better running back than Maurice Jones-Drew. They uh, got Zane Beals to help their offensive line because yeah, that was exactly. freaking yeah, that was, that was a good move. atrocious. Okay. They got Tandon Doss. A uh, tall receiver from Ravens, which I think will will help with the depth issue, especially if uh, Blackman not coming back, depending on where that knucklehead's going. Uh, exactly. Helped their defense out with Ziggy Hood, uh, Red Bryant, and Chris Clemens, two of the guys I know you know from Seattle. Uh, I, I, I mean, I think they had us out. I mean, was it was it the best? Probably not. It's not as good as the Ravens, but I, I mean, I, I have to give them credit. David Caldwell and. Um, <clears throat> And the coach there, I mean, I think they did. I think they did good. I mean, I think they're 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 not overspending. They're not making stupid decisions like, like the, the former coaching staffs did. I I I know. I I I I think they're good. And I think the Jags fans have a lot to look into. And I, honestly, fantasy value. I think fantasy value for the wide receivers went up. Not for Chad Henney. I mean, Chad Henney's you know kind of we know what he is. Yeah. But I don't know. I I, I, I like them. I, I think Jaguar fans have a lot to look forward to. I think they have a good basis this year. And, you know, hopefully if they, you know, start drafting right, they'll grow from there. So, And they're in a weak division. I mean, they could win eight games in that division. I mean, yeah. it's not – It's I mean, with a good draft, they could win eight games. Absolutely. I mean, when your only real obstacle in that division is a Pep Hamilton-led offense, you're fine. <laughs> Man, you just beat on Pep. <laughs> Easy on the guy. Oh, man. He has feelings, too, 40. So uh, we are the Art of Score. Um, you follow us on uh, our blog, artofscore.wordpress.com. Subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. Um, you might be doing this now. You might be listening to it, listen to it on the website. But, uh, yeah, we're on iTunes, so you could follow us, load us onto your phone, and uh, listen to my voice all the time. Take Pretty us awesome. with you wherever you go. You put us yes. in your pocket and now you can Twi- download it and take it wherever it's awesome it's amazing technology so. rules um twitter and facebook um look for art of score do a search uh be our friend we will uh we tweet out pretty often uh facebook good for updates um check out our new website coming out soon it's going to be revamped have a lot of new logos coming out we have an updated about us section learn a little about us and uh if you want any of the links to our Facebook, iTunes, Twitter, or email, go to the Connect With Us page on our website. This has been the Wide Receiver and Tight End Review for the Art of Score. 
and uh, we'll see you next time. We getting ready to start the set. Put it in like doctors with awkwardness. Mopped your whole block up awkward. Just got it all up on the chalkboard. Socrates soft is thoughtless. From form is too metropolis. I get these thoughts all twisted. More mental visual optics. My job is rips and rock wits. Clock ticks, I'm toxic. Giving oxygen to the thoughtless and toxic. Can't knock in the planet office. Axis like oxys taxing. Boxing, coughing about though. Peeping in.